4: Pack your bags
1: and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Steven Maggi.
2: Let's face it, it's become your Thanksgiving Day tradition, much like the turkey and the uh, Thanksgiving Day Macy's Parade. You gotta watch the National Dog Show. It's on NBC every year, and it's a must-see. And we got the dog's best friend, he's been called the guy who invented dogs, (laughs) David Fry. David, so great to have you here. Is this kind of your
4: Super Bowl of the year? Thank you, Stephen. Well, yes it is. I've been involved in doing dog shows on TV for 30 years. NBC has taken this dog show with the Kennel Club of Philadelphia, made it into the national dog show for airing on Thanksgiving Day right after the Macy's parade. And we have, last year, we had about 25 million people watch this dog show. It's unbelievable.
2: Well, people just love it, I think, because we love dogs, number one. And there's something about it, the way it's presented on NBC, the way you guys do it, it's, it's enough information that even if you're not into that whole world of dog shows and so forth, you can really enjoy
0: it.
4: Well, it's we edited it into a two-hour show for for entertainment, of course, and and uh, we can't show you every single dog. Dog shows take six, seven, eight hours to, to to stage, so we can't get everybody in there. But we get a lot of them in there, and a lot of the different breeds and varieties. There's 178 entered at this year's show, and so we get to show you probably half of them. Well, we're going to show you all of them in some fashion, but we devote some serious time to the dogs that are in the finals, and uh, that's always a great fun. We try and vary that every year. So, yeah, we have fun. We we kind of look at it as an educational process for people to learn about the different breeds. You know, hey, what's the deal on that poodle haircut? So things (laughs) like that, we have fun with that.
2: And the broadcast team, I love you guys. I mean, John O'Hurley is just so great, and you guys look like you're having fun there, which, which makes it all the more enjoyable to watch.
4: Well, thank God, because we've been together 19 years now. It's uh, it's it's amazing. I've got a lot of relationships in my world that have not lasted that long. And, <laughs> um, but John's fun, and and we'll be sitting there. And and he's learned a lot about the dogs. But he, you know, he's a professional. He's an entertainer. He's a professional. Uh, he, he was involved in some little serial. Uh, some little comedy show uh, (laughs) called Seinfeld before he got to me. And I made him famous through the dog show. But we'll be sitting there every once in a while. He'll say something and, and and I'll say that wasn't John O'Hurley. That was Peterman. I said, where's Jerry? Where's, where's Kramer? Where's George? Where are the, where are they? I feel like I'm on a show, but um, yeah, we do have a good time about it because it's entertaining. Who doesn't look at a dog and smile? You know, that's, yeah. what it's all about. Well,
2: that's really true. Now, it's hosted by the Kennel Club of uh, Philadelphia. It goes back, to, as I understand it, to the 1800s. Is that right?
4: They uh, had their first show back in the 1870s and, and had shows sporadically, but started doing a show every year in, in the 30s, in the 1930s. So they've been around a long time and uh, got some great history, of course, back in, uh, back in Philadelphia. And uh, so it, it's a fun show because they're serious about their show and we're serious about our dogs. But at the same time, uh, we know it's entertainment and, and we're all having a good time.
2: So there's a lot of dog breeds out there, over 200, and you have seven different groups. So can you kind of just kind of run us through those different groups and how they differentiate?
4: Sure. Well, let's talk about how the dog show works. You know, we have, it's like an advancing bracket in sports. You know, think March Madness. The, the first level of competition, the, we have uh, we usually have an entry of 2,000 dogs. They're divided into two, as many as 208 different breeds and varieties. They compete first. All the dogs compete first at the breed level. And those breeds come to us, uh, those 208 breeds and varieties come to us in seven different groups. So first of all, we're going to have competition of 208 different, different breeds. So the breed winner then advances into its group. The Irish setter is chosen to be best of breed advances into the sporting group where it competes against other breed winners like the English setter or the English cocker or the cocker spaniel um, um, and other sporting dogs. And then, uh, so we have seven groups. So those 208 winners advance into seven different groups. Uh, The sporting group, the hound group, the working group, the terrier group, the toy group, the non-sporting group, and and the herding group. So now those guys are competing against other breeds, different breeds from their same group. And we pick a winner of each group. So we have seven group winners. They advance to best in show where a best in show judge picks one of them to be best in show. And that's the ultimate winner. We've come down from 2000 dogs to one at the very end. And it's, um, Wow. thing of beauty.
2: Well, yeah, but how does like a chihuahua compete <laughs> with, with a German Shepherd? I, 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 it, it's a matter of, I guess, a certain criteria that goes across the breeds, right? So I'm just wondering how you compare the two.
4: Well, each breed has a written description of the ideal specimen of that breed. It's called a standard, and it usually is relating form to function, what a dog was bred to do. Originally, it should be built to do that job. And, and, and in, like in the hound group, we have the Irish wolfhound, the, the biggest breed of all, uh, competing against the dachshund. Well, you can't compare an Irish wolfhound to a dachshund. You can compare the Irish wolfhound to the ideal Irish wolfhound, the perfect Irish wolfhound in your mind. And, and then you compare the dachshund to the perfect dachshund and you see which one of them is, is a better representative of their breed. And that's how you're going to determine the placement at that point in time. And and uh, it, it can vary. I mean, the doctor can win some days, and the Irish Wolfhound can win other days. So uh, the judge has to use what's in that standard, has to be able to imagine them doing the job they were bred to do, and picks the winner accordingly.
2: Now, David, I have to ask you an embarrassing question, but when I when they heard you were going to be on the show, they said, you got to ask it. So I said, okay. There's always the picture, and, we, and it's usually, it seems like it's an older lady, and they check the undercarriage and what exactly are they checking there
4: well you know the original purpose of dog shows was to identify superior breeding stock so so to choose the the dogs to make the next generation of dogs and so uh, the dogs the dogs have to be whole as we say so <laughs> a male dog can't be neutered it has to have both of uh, it has to have all the equipment back there, and it has to be in, in normal shape and condition, so that's what they're doing back there. They don't spend a lot of time back there, but, <laughs> but, but they're just making sure everything's in place, and that's part of the deal.
2: Now, you know the dogs, people see them, and they're just such beautiful dogs, and another question people ask is, are, do these dogs have a chance to have fun, you know, like like the other dogs wagging their tail and running around, because so much is expected of them when they're going through these trials.
4: Well, they're having fun because they're there with the people that they love and they're doing things for the people that they love. And, 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 you know, I always try to tell people that these are real dogs and we're real people in this great family sport. Uh, Our dogs do the same thing at home during the week that your dogs do. I mean, they steal food off the counters. They shed on our dark clothes. They (laughs) probably even take a drink out of the toilet every once in a while, but we just dress them up a little bit, so to speak on the weekends and take them to dog shows and they go to the dog shows and they have fun because they're there with their people. They're there showing off for everybody. And they are having a good time. If they're not having a good time, it's not going to be fun for you, the handler, either. So you're either going to find a different dog to bring, or uh, or find another activity. So that's what it's all about: real dogs, real people.
2: Well, you've been in this a long time. You must like the people that do that do these shows. They have to be a special breed. I mean, they got to be animal lovers and perfectionists. I would imagine this is a sport like any other. There's winners and losers.
4: It's very competitive. Uh, I will say that, uh, that there are very talented people presenting these dogs, and the thing is that you may see them in the dog show ring, and the judge may see them in the dog show ring for two minutes or three minutes. But it's a lifetime of dedication by these people in terms of training and conditioning and grooming uh, uh, to get the dog ready to be in competition. And and uh, we have some very talented people who are who have to be able to know everything there is to know about each breed, so that they know what the strong points of their dog may be, so that they can make sure the dog, the judge notices those things. But the best handlers really are invisible anyway. We, we you know, they just kind of have to stay out of the way of the dog and not distract from the presentation. So, but they're hardworking people. The professional handlers, the owner handler, really is the heart and soul of our sport. Somebody who owns and handles uh, their their own dog. So, you now we have a lot of fun on many different levels.
2: It's a silly question, but is the name important? I mean, there's no rovers or spots out there.
4: <laughs> no, but we get a lot of dogs that are named after, like, song titles. You know, uh... Uh, what did I see? One I can't. I can't drive fifty-five. Um, <laughs> that's great Sammy Hagar. I got, I got, That's right. I had a dog named uh, Champion Storm Hills. Who's Zoom and Who? That's an Aretha Franklin song. We were going to make her call name Aretha. You know, in 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 uh, honor of Aretha Franklin and that great song. So you see a lot of songs like that. There are also sometimes where there's a name and you don't know what it is, and they say it's an in inside story. And I can't tell you, <laughs> so, so it's fun. But, you know, the registered name with the AKC is limited, I think, now to 30 different uh, letters and characters. And uh, then, but you're not going to call a dog, hey, hey, Storm Hills, who's Zooming who? Come on over here. It's going to be, hey, Zoomy, come on over. Aretha, come on over. So, um, so we have that, that flexibility.
2: The breeds are really interesting too. I mean, we've seen different breeds all of a sudden become accepted by the AKC. I know you've got three new ones. I don't want to just run through them. I find this fascinating.
4: The barbet B-A-R-B-E. barbet, B-A-R-B-E, it's a French dog, and the word actually, Barbet actually comes from the French word for beard. But it's a dog, it's a French water dog, sporting dog uh, that that uh, is loaded with black curly hair, and even uh, the parent club says the dog looks like a Muppet. And so it's one of our newly eligible breeds this year. The other is the Dogo Argentino, which is a, a substantial hunting dog that was bred to to hunt uh, wild boar. So mm. you can imagine that it is a substantial, serious dog. And then the third dog that's eligible uh, this year is the Belgian Lacanois, which is a, one of four Belgian breeds that are herding dogs but used a lot in police work and security work in in uh, Belgium and other places closely related to the Malinois, the Belgian Tribune, and the Sheepdog. So um, those three dogs, we call them new breeds, but they're breeds that have been around in other parts of the world for a long time. It's just that now, finally, in this country, for the AKC to make them eligible to compete in dog shows, there has to be enough of them. They have to have a geographic distribution. They can't all live on a farm in Tumwater. And and uh, they need a parent club to watch over them and take care of them.
2: Have we seen hybrids that all of a sudden have become AKC breeds? Does that happen very often?
4: There's a number of breeds that got their their start that way, but basically, you know, you have to be breeding a, a purebred dog to a purebred dog. But but there's a, the, the Chesky Terrier, for example, was recently recognized maybe 10 years ago, but it's it was a product of Scotties being bred to Selium Terriers. And and eventually, it's it's like the question always comes up with golden doodles. They say, when are you going to recognize golden doodles? I say, well, we have to. The dogs have got to be at the point where they're reproducing. True, where it, what you can't just breed a golden to a poodle because you're going to get products that are always look that always look different. I've never met a golden doodle that didn't have the greatest temperament and personality, which is understandable with those two breeds. But they all look different. And, and we have no way of judging them. We talked about the written standard that describes them. You know, how tall is a mixed breed like that supposed to be? Well, you can't say that because they're all different sizes. They all have different kinds of coat. They all have, you know, different bodily body uh, shape and things. So eventually you got to be breeding golden doodles to golden doodles to get golden doodle puppies and hope that they all look alike so that, you know, the, the best thing about purebred dogs that we talk about for dog shows is their predictability. I know this little four-pound ball of fluff, if it's a Pomeranian, it's going to grow up to look much different than the four-pound ball of fluff that's an Akita. Even though they might right. look somewhat similar when they're puppies, uh, you need to know because if you're buying a puppy and, and, and they tell you it's going to grow up to be 20 pounds and it grows up to be 70, um, that might be too much for you to handle. And, and the predictability is important in finding the right dog, for your family and for your lifestyle and, and being able to to be ready for that.
2: Well, that's a fascinating part of this, David. People have to realize when they watch the dog show that, yeah, those are great dogs and they'd be fun to pet and all that. But this is a sport and it, it really it has different set of rules. So just because a dog is particularly nice or seems smart doesn't necessarily mean they're a great show dog.
4: Well, it's also a matter of personal preference. I mean, these dogs are judged by three different individuals during the course of the day. If they go all the way to Best in Show, they've got to impress the breed judge so they become Best of Breed. They've got to impress the group judge to win the group, and they have to impress the Best in Show judge to go best in show. And we all have different preferences. We may interpret those standards a little differently. I, my original breed was Afghan Hounds that I got involved with showing. And we have, our, our breed's a large breed, so there can be a lot of variation and some subtle variations in, in these dogs. But we used to say, uh, this person's a head hunter; They like beautiful heads. This person's a movement judge. They like a dog that moves well, and they might forgive a head that's not quite what we all want it to be. So uh, so there's a lot of room for individual interpretation like that. We call it an artist. you got to be equal parts artist and engineer. You have to have a, a, a beautiful picture, good balance, all the breed traits in the right place. And an engineer means that you, you want to make sure all the angles are right and the dog is the right size, exactly, and things like that. So, There's always room. A different judge may judge the same group of dogs and put up different winners the next day. So...
2: Well, as it's I guess people are figuring out by listening to you, you're not just the voice of the, the hound, but you're also a <laughs> breeder, owner. You've done all that stuff. You mentioned Afghan hounds. I know you did Brittany's. I want to talk to you about the other breed that you did because I have uh, my best friend has one, and they're a fascinating dog, and that's the Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. Really smart dogs. They're so good looking sometimes that they almost don't look real.
4: They uh, are beautiful. They look like little stuffed animals, but you know they're a toy dog. Um, they have a great temperament and personality. I'm very involved with therapy dog work, and my dog Angel uh, was was part of uh, part of my charity called Angel on a Leash. She just passed uh, in February at the age of 13, but she had done great things as a therapy dog, visiting the Ronald McDonald House in New York City for kids with cancer, visiting uh, the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York City that uh, constantly, coming with me occasionally to to the VA hospital when my other dog, Grace, who normally visited the VA hospital, uh, couldn't come. So um, they do a lot of great things in that respect, too. But a lot of dogs can do those things, and we hope that we can keep them going.
2: Well, that is a great charity. We'll, We'll tell people how they can get involved with that before we go. But dogs do seem to have the capability to bring smiles to people's faces, and they can go in the hospital... And, and I don't know what it is. Is it an instinct they have or something? It can bring the best out of people. that are just wonderful that way.
4: It, it is pretty amazing. But, you know, a dog walks into the room and the energy changes. And it can be a hospital room. It can be with kids in a gathering. It can be at a school. Or it can be with my veterans at the VA hospital uh, lying on their back in bed. That uh, that the dogs just can make a difference because, people can relate to the dog uh, they'll see the dog and they'll smile. That's the starting point, but it gets, you know, it can go on beyond that. They get the, the tactile part of touching them and petting them and stuff, which is, which is kind of tough for us to do right now. But uh, we're, we're doing some of that virtually. It's hard to believe, but, um, yeah. so the dogs can change people's lives. I, I, we've touched a lot of people with our dogs and, and help the healing process. You interact with a dog and your blood pressure goes down. The science has shown that. that Your heart rate slows. Your your respiratory rate slows. The the flow of the good hormones, the endorphins, increases. Um, There's a lot of things that happen with the dog. Or uh, my dog, Grace, we visited the VA hospital every Wednesday in New York City, and she helped with PT, the physical therapist, and the occupational therapist, who were helping teach guys how to use their new prosthetic limbs. And and, and grapes would help them with that stuff.
2: So. That is fantastic. You know, just t- take one dog and you'll feel a whole lot better. And, I, you know, if people want to get into this, so first of all, if they want to get into the world of show dogs and so forth, any suggestions for them? Because it, it's a real commitment. It's not just, well, I'll, I'll go get a good dog from a good breeder and go to a show. It's a lot more.
4: Go to a dog show. Go to a dog show. See the dogs. Talk to the breeders. Um, the Kennel Club of Philadelphia that puts on the National Dog Show. That that show is normally benched where the dogs have to be in a certain area when they're not being shown. Um, get there, you can see all the beagles lined up in one place on a bench when they're not being shown. And uh, and you can talk to the breeders and the owners. You can find out things about the breed. You can see if maybe it fits your family. But that's um, that's part of what we do with dog shows is try to educate the the, the general public about uh, about the breeds and helping them find the right dog for them and their family.
2: Well, the big one, of course, is on Thanksgiving. That's kind of the Super Bowl of this, the the dog, the National Dog Show. Uh, there's a couple of others you cover, though, right, on a uh, couple of the big networks that draw a lot as well.
4: Well, I did the Westminster Dog Show on USA Network for 27 years. I started doing that in 1990 and then stepped over to, do, to add uh, the National Dog Show Uh, on NBC, NBC owned the the USA Network. Uh, So there was a natural connection there. But when Westminster's contract was up um, with with the USA Network and they moved to Fox, they wanted me to come with. NBC wanted me to stay with them. And uh, and I chose to stay with NBC. It's it's been a great thing in my life to be involved with the NBC guys. Um, So anyway, yeah, and I've done a few other shows. I've gotten involved with, uh, the, but the main thing that I've gotten involved with is the therapy dog work. and the, the, this, I have a great platform because of all the people that watch our dog shows. I have a great platform to talk about therapy dog work and encourage people to get involved and do things with their dog that, that are good for other people and it gives you an activity with your dog, the dog that you love, that you can get out and volunteer in, in any kind of place. There's a lot of places. You can ex- extended care. You can go to the hospitals. You can be involved with kids depending on your dog. Your dog has to have the right temperament for it, too. So, um, But I think the, the natural thing with dogs is to be wagging that tail and be happy.
2: Absolutely. Let's tell people how they can get involved with Angel on a
4: Leash. You can go to the website, com, And and we uh, had a 501c3 in New York City. And when I moved back to here to the West Coast in Seattle and in Oregon, that uh, I turned that over to it. A gentleman named Steve Kramer, who's carrying on and doing great for us, but it's Angel on a Leash, all one word dot com, and you can find out about that. If you want to find out about uh, the the, uh, the Kennel Club of Philadelphia? Um, we do uh, we do this dog show every year, so it's it's uh, actually the National Dog Show dot com on um, online. And you can find out about our show and you can find out about the kind of club of Philadelphia and other things that happen with NBC. But we're on uh, from noon until two on Thanksgiving Day on NBC. Uh, we say it's dogs until two. Don't let the remote fall into the hands of those football people. <laughs> um, and then and then it repeats. We repeat on Saturday night at, at eight o'clock. Uh, nice. Uh, on the, so if you on got money on the
2: game th- Thursday, you can still watch the thing on Saturday. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> David Fry, thank you so much. Please come back. We want to talk more dogs with you.
4: (laughs) Let's do it again, Stephen. Thank you so much. You've been great. Thanks for having me on. Please follow
2: Vegas Never Sleeps on all social media platforms, including X, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Manchi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Vegas, here we go!
3: Everything is expensive right now. Gas, food, you name it. You're spending more, you're making the same or less money. So, what do you do? You rack up credit card debt, that's what you do. It's not your fault, it's the economy. And guess what? If you rack up too much credit card debt like some of us, you can't pay your bills. Then the credit card companies, as nice as they are, start hounding you for money. Then you start your downward spiral. A smart thing for you to do is to call the Zero Debt. They can help you consolidate all your credit card bills into one affordable payment. Millions of people have done it. It works to make you debt-free. Make this free call right now. It costs you nothing to learn more.
1: 800-284-1349. 800-284-1349. 800-284-1349. That's
3: 800-284-1349. Hey. If you're living with diabetes
1: and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day, or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you.
3: Painless. No more. My finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork.
1: You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out of pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800 483 7217. 800 483 7217. 800 483 800-483-7217. That's 800 And now,
0: another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Walk on Water is an odd film. As with many independently produced features, we wonder at its combination of elements. The film is of Israeli origin. It follows Ayel, a genial Mossad assassin who kills without remorse. He ruthlessly assassinates a Palestinian father in front of his young son, thereby perpetuating Middle East hostilities for another generation. Then on arriving home, he finds his wife has committed suicide. She has written in her note, he kills everyone around him. Still outwardly unfazed and refusing to see the company psychologist, he is steered toward a rogue vendetta against a Nazi perpetrator who escaped after the war and may now be vulnerable to vengeance. Ayal befriends the fugitive's grandchildren to learn what he can. The granddaughter now lives in an Israeli kibbutz, and her gay brother is coming for a visit, which provides Ayal the opportunity to become his guide. Walk on water is a perplexing mix that blends into an engrossing journey. It touches on unlikely friendships, generational guilt and responsibility, the cultural relationship between Israel and Germany, Israeli-Palestinian relations, same-sex attraction and prejudice, and all with music as cool as it can possibly get. Only in an Indie. Indie Film Minute, not in theaters. Discovery through rental.
1: Attention timeshare
2: owners, call the timeshare exit hotline now. We can help you legally get out of your expensive timeshare contract. If you're fed up with the maintenance fees, learn how you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently. Call right now for your free consultation. 800-803-5449. 800-803-5449. 800-803-5449. 800-803-5449.
3: Do you have a car sitting around you want to get rid of? Then here's a great idea. Donate your car and help veterans and their families. Yes, one fast call to the veteran car donation program and we'll come and remove your car for free. Fast, free towing and 24 hour response. You can donate most cars, trucks or SUVs in most conditions. The proceeds raised goes to help active military, veterans and their families and you get a tax deduction. All you need to do is make this free call. Get rid of that old car and help the vets. We make it easy. Make this free call now and book your fast and easy pickup. Call the Veteran Donation Program now. Donate your car and help veterans and their families. Operators are standing by. Here's the number.
1: 800-932-1176, 800-932-1176, 800-932-1176. That's 800-932-1176.